Mm-hmm. It's been so wonderfully quiet in here, right, right from the very beginning of the retreat. It's hard. It's hard to speak. It's hard to... It feels like it's disturbing something very important. The silence, the silence is very important, and um, there's so much noise in the world these days that these moments of silence are becoming more and more important. And it's, um, it's rather unfortunate in a way. It, um, in so many ways, the, the, the world and the, the we who inhabit this world in so many ways seem to be gravitating more and more to extremes. And noise and silence can easily become extremes. And makes me wonder what, what's happening to the Buddha's middle way, the middle path. <clears throat> Where is the middle path in, in all this? The, the, um, coming to the end of, the, the end of this year, this, this past year, for so many individuals, so many who I know, and um, in some ways for myself, have been a year of, of great changes, some intentional and some totally unintentional and undesirable <laughs> and unwanted. And, um, and in, in communities, so many changes in, in the world and amongst people and in the earth itself. So many changes happening so quickly and moving, moving to these extremes. And it shows in, in so many ways in, in individuals with, with illness and with loss of jobs or starting new jobs, with um, relationships breaking up, with, um, yeah, just all kinds of stresses in our lives. And, and for so many people in the world, the, the stresses of, of the migrants and the stresses of people of, of others throughout the world living with extreme poverty and, and the gap between the, the rich and the poor getting greater and greater, moving to extremes. And the politics, certainly we're seeing movement to extremes in politics in both, both directions. It's not all one-sided. And, um, yeah, in the midst of all, in all this, as we, as we come to the, as we come to the end of the year, it really does raise for me the question of, you know, where is the middle path? What is the middle path? And it, and it raises, raises questions of um, you know, just reflecting on how for so many people with, with all, this that's, all this that's going on in the world, all these, all these rapid changes, um, it's, it seems almost like there's a, 
there's a, a separation happening among in responses to this. So many people responding by getting all worked up and getting angry and getting full of fear and anguish and and just spending all the time worrying and thinking about it. And then the other extreme of withdrawal. Can't take anymore. Overwhelmed. It's too much. Moving to extremes. It raises it raises a question for me, and 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 I I would hope for others as well, and, and perhaps, um, perhaps at this time as we approach the end of the year, perhaps um, I could suggest that important questions might be um, might include how how do I want to meet this new year? How do I want to be? in this new year in mind, body, heart? Do I want to spend this next year or this next two days or three days or a week full of anger and fear? Do I want to meet this by withdrawing? Or is there a middle way? In, in asking these questions, how do, I want, how do I want to meet this, perhaps it raises a question of what, what, what's my intention or what are my intentions in this coming year? Intentions are very, very interesting, very interesting to give attention to intentions. Um, intentions are arising within us Continuously, I think, almost continuously. Maybe a little bit less in, when we're sitting in such stillness and silence. Maybe there's less, but occasionally the intention will come up, oh, better move that leg. It's starting to get a bit numb. <laughs> or uh, maybe I need to clear my throat a little bit. Or, um, oh, maybe I better come back to my breathing. <laughs> All of these are little intentions. Or in in the walking meditation, how many have noticed the intention that arises just before moving the foot? There's an intention there. Sometimes things happen without intention as well, um, at least without a, a direct, immediate intention. Um, I, I think about um, in in walking meditation how sometimes. I'm doing my walking meditation and the thoughts are just going round and round and have absolutely nothing to do with walking or with retreat. And yet the body is walking. The body is walking because an intention has been set. And when an intention is set, it starts a momentum. It starts, it, it puts something into motion. And sometimes that motion can continue long after the intention is forgotten. Intentions have a momentum.
perhaps in the um, in the in the sitting meditation or in the walking meditation, you've noticed that. Um, so in the sitting meditation, you may be paying attention to the breathing. One breath, two breaths, three breaths. Oh, I remember that. Oh, I forgot to do that. And oh, 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 oh. Oh, yeah, breathing. Come back. Breathing. One breath, maybe two breaths. Oh, yeah, and then there's a... Uh, and, and we can see how the, the intention is there. to be at rest with the, with the breathing, but the attention, so the intention is there, but the attention veers off. And intentions have a way of doing that, don't they? How often do we set an intention and then we forget it? <laughs> or we forget about it, or we change our mind about it? It's... Um, it's kind of like I, 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 some of you have heard this analogy. I remember uh, as, a, as a little boy putting a board on a ramp and setting a car at the top of the ramp, a toy car, and let it go, thinking it's just going to go right down to the bottom. But inevitably it runs off the edge. So I pick it up and I put it back on. And there it goes, and oh, it goes off the other side. Pick it up, put it back on. And that's, that's what the practice is with intention. To recognize when it's gone off and to put it back on and begin again. And that, be, that beginning again is very important. Beginning again is so important. And, that, and having that attitude of beginning again so I don't get caught up in, oh, I blew it. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, I should have been more firm in my intention. Um, I should have written notes for myself or whatever. As though we can force that intention. So it's really good to, to look at intention and see what's, what's, the, what's the effect within myself of making an intention and how does that show, or does it show in any way, outwardly? And how am I when the intention gets sidetracked? When I seem to be getting off course? Sometimes when we go off course, it's actually, it may not seem like it right at the moment, but it may actually be moving within our intention. Sometimes our intentions, very often I think, our intentions turn out quite different than how we had, env had envisioned them. We set an intention, but we don't really know how it's going to turn out. That so often we get attached to our idea of how it should turn out. And that and that attachment, that idea, can prevent us, can obstruct us, can hinder us, can delay us in knowing the actual outcome of the intention. So very important with intentions to, to be mindful, to be careful. An intention always has a goal. 
but it's important not to get so caught up in that goal that we um, we lose some of the some of the flexibility, some of some of the grace, perhaps, of the intention. Often intentions take much more time to come to fruition than we would like them to or think they should. That allowing for is so important. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's an example of the middle path. Middle path is having the intention and, and actually making some effort to fulfill that and yet at the same time having an openness and a flexibility to, to, to see, to, to be able to change course with a change that may not actually be a change. It may just be part of the course. So approaching the new year with, with intention. Intention, intention comes up in the, um, in the Buddhist teachings quite, quite frequently. Um, in fact, it's um, the second part of the Eightfold Path. I think most of you are familiar with the Eightfold Path, so I'm not going to go into all of that. But the second, the first is, is um, right understanding. And the second is right intention. And intention, intention is in a way is a support for understanding. And, and, and the way that the Buddha defines intention, um, he, he defines it as right intention is the intention for non-harming, the intention for non-ill will, and the intention for renunciation. And it's interesting that, that all three of these, when we look at all three of them, none of these three are about doing something or getting something. They're about not doing, <laughs> not harming, not holding ill will. Renunciation, letting go, not holding on to things, ideas, beliefs, non-clinging. So it's interesting here, he, he, he defines right intention, which is part of the path, as not doing. And if we look at the, um, the precepts, I mentioned, I spoke a little bit about the precepts last night, and I hope you've all read them out on the board at least once today, maybe no more than twice. <laughs> Um, the, the, the precepts, the wording of them. I undertake the training to refrain from. So again, it's not about doing something. It's about not doing. And there's, there's, there's so many other ways. That the, the Buddha defines right speech as the absence of wrong speech. So, so, so much of the path 
is defined in terms of what it isn't. Not in terms of what we should be doing or what we should be getting, but what we should be doing, what we should not be doing or getting or having or holding on to. And this is, this is where, the, um, where the, the, the stillness and the silence part of the retreat becomes so important. In stillness and in silence, at least outwardly, <laughs> I can't tell what's going on inwardly for, for any of you, but at, e- at least outwardly, the appearance is that we're not causing any harm, we're not showing any ill will, um, just um, just the very fact of coming on retreat, we've we've let go of a lot. There's a lot of renunciation involved in coming on retreat, whether we're aware of it or not. So the instructions are very much about not doing. The instructions are very much about just being being present with, being open to, being at rest with, not trying to get, not trying to get rid of, being open to change, being present with change. So much of it is about not doing. And that's, that's exactly what the Buddha is saying in the Eightfold Path. And of course, there is great value in this, and there's a, there's a reason. There's a re- there are reasons for the Buddha giving the teachings in this way, and there are reasons for for practicing. One of the main reasons being, one of the one 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 very important reason being that in the silence and the stillness, as as the body mind settles and and comes to rest, it's like there's, there's space within the being for a different kind of knowing to show. There's space for insight, for wisdom. There's space for understanding how things actually are, for understanding how life actually is, for understanding who or what this, this, this beingness actually is. And and the importance of that is that it's it's from this from this wisdom, from this insight, from this understanding that skillful intention can arise and skillful action can arise. And so the so the Buddha the Buddha speaks a lot about the the not doing and puts things in the context of what it isn't and and not getting and not doing, but then there are other teachings which are equally important, and 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 again just thinking of the middle path, I think the middle path has to embrace both. It has to embrace the stillness, not just in silence, not just for the stillness and silence itself, but for what that supports, what's possible to arise 
within that, what's possible to show and to be known within that, with stillness and silence. And then we come to the, the, the teachings, the very important teachings on the Brahma-viharas, kindness and compassion. <clears throat> And the kindness and the compassion are much more about the manifesting of the wisdom, the manifesting of the understanding. The kindness and the compassion, this is where the action comes in, or comes in through the teachings, or shows in the teachings. Kindness and friendliness, metta, the first of the four, metta, Metta, the, the, the first dictionary translation of it is actually friendliness. It's commonly translated as loving kindness, which um, personally I find that a little bit often just a little bit beyond my reach. <laughs> but friendliness, the, the, the first translation of it, friendliness in, in, in cultivating metta, cultivating friendliness even with those who we have difficulty with, even those who we don't like. And cultivating friendliness, very important, cultivating friendliness, cultivating method, doesn't mean that we have to be friends with everyone. It doesn't mean we have to like everyone. It just means acting in a friendly, civilized way. <laughs> so not, not reacting to inner events, not reacting to events that others, to things that others do, not reacting to the world situation from fear and anger and, and greed and hatred and aversion and, and all of that. But acting from a place of wisdom that allows us to bring um, a quality of heartfulness to all beings. Not easy. That's why it's practice. That's why we practice it. And the, the Buddha actually speaks of of two different kinds. So the, the one is, is the kind that, that is a practice. It's, it's more of a, of a me doing something. It's, it's me repeating the phrases nicely. Or it's me um, smiling at someone who I don't really like, but forcing a smile. <laughs> um, it's me doing something to, to try and express an attempt to really, truly express friendliness and manifest friendliness. And, and, and very often, this is, it's, it's kind of self-centered. We sometimes, you know, like, use car salesmen, smile, because it's, it's to their benefit to be smiling. <laughs> but, but even this, the Buddha says, is, is metta. It's important to practice in this way because in the practice is the cultivating. We're cultivating that quality within ourselves. 
And as we, as we cultivate and strengthen that quality within ourselves, that quality starts to show without making an effort. And that's the other kind of metta that the Buddha talks about. The metta that is just a natural outflow of that quality of our own being. And that's how metta truly spreads. And boy, in this world there is so much need for more metta. So much need for us to, to cultivate that within ourselves so that we can, we can manifest it in our actions and it can manifest just from our beingness. That wish, the wish for friendliness, the wish for all beings to be at peace, to be happy, to be free. And then the, the compassion. Compassion, Thich Nhat Hanh says, compassion is a verb. Verbs are action. So compassion isn't, oh, I feel sorry for that person. Oh, I wish that person would, would be well or whatever. It's not sitting and silently saying phrases. It's taking action. And, and as, I, as, I, as I mentioned, the, uh, the, the state of our own beings for so many people and, and the state of other people's being and the state of the world for so many people, what it's leading to is withdrawal. And it's leading to withdrawal when in fact what it's calling for is compassionate action. And so the, I, I, I think, the, I believe the, the, the intention, the, the middle path of intention is, is to hold the intention for both the stillness and the action that can arise from the, the wisdom that shows within the stillness. So that there's, there's a balance and we don't get so drawn into the, the stillness that we just withdraw from the world and we don't get so drawn into the action that we get burned out and then withdraw. We get we get uh, we get illness from from too much action, too much activity, too much stress. But to find a balance, and the, and the balance is balance is a, is a tricky point, a tricky thing, because balance is um, balance is very much dependent on conditions inner conditions and outer conditions. And what, what's balance in one moment, in the next moment, can, the balance point can be completely different. If we think of balance as, as being some point on a line between here and here, that point is constantly changing because here and here are constantly changing. And so, so if we look at it from that perspective, there has to be an openness and a flexibility with, with changing conditions. So at times what's appropriate and skillful is some kind of action. At other times what's skillful and appropriate is some stillness. 
and at times um, action with stillness. <laughs> Sometimes stillness can be the greatest action. What, what easily happens, and, and, this, and, and this is happening more and more in the world, is there's, there's the swings. It's like a pendulum swinging back and forth between the extremes, trying to find that point of balance. And so we find a point, and then something changes, and then, oh, we have to move to here, and oh, no, it's over here. No, it's back here. It's here, it's here. And... And the, the, the pendulum keeps swinging, and we go back and forth from one extreme to another. And, and again, the, the extremes, what's perceived as being extreme, changes. You know, for someone coming on a retreat, maybe you've experienced this, coming on a retreat for the first time, one day may seem pretty extreme. Once you've done ten days, a week doesn't feel like so much. If you've done ten days, Three months might seem pretty extreme, <laughs> but once you've done three months, then that's, you know, the, the, the extremes, the perception of extremes keep changing, and the pendulum can be swinging to greater extremes. And, and, and we see that happening now, in, certainly in politics and with the environment. So having having these intentions and 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 being being really conscious of the of the 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 the, the intention the the purpose the function the value of both the stillness and the action. So compassion is is the action to end or at least to ease the suffering of others. So it really requires recognizing and acknowledging the suffering of others. And here I would include other people, I would include animals, I would include the environment, the earth itself, the air around us, um, to recognize where where there is suffering, and to find within ourselves what intention, what intention can I make, or am I willing to make, to address this? You know, starting starting in the in the mid eighties. I was taking groups on pilgrimage in India and Nepal to the Buddhist, the Buddhist pilgrimage sites. And the last three or four years, I've started out planning another group, and I get to a point where I say, I just can't do it. The air in India is so bad and getting worse year by year. I just can't do it. We are, we are so fortunate here. I, I have an app <laughs> that tracks the air quality almost anywhere in the world I can plug it in. And it gives me a, 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 a circle chart that shows the air quality and, and it gives it numbers. 
And, and we, are, we are so fortunate here. And believe it or not, Toronto consistently is one of the cleanest places on the earth in air quality. Now, when I see, when I see that, it's very shocking. It's very scary. Guelph is generally a little bit cleaner than Toronto, but not much. It's quite scary. I was, um, oh, how long ago? Seven or eight years ago. Every, every few years, we have, we have a meeting, a big meeting of Vipassana teachers from all over the world. And um, seven or eight years ago, I was at the meeting and one of the speakers was one of the people from the United Nations um, Climate Change Committee. And he said, and this is seven or eight years ago, he said, if, we, if the entire world stopped putting all carbon into the air today, it would be at least 50 years before it would show any change. If we look at the, the difference in the air quality and the, the earth, the overall environmental quality from seven or eight years ago to now, I shudder to think how many years it would be. When we look at all of this, when I, when I, when I look at all of this with, with, with people, and just, just in the last few years, so many people I know getting cancer. And I'm sure part of it has to do with, with the, uh, the age group that I'm in, uh, the aging group. But I think a lot of it has to do with other factors, with the environmental factors, with food quality factors, different factors. But so many, so many people just the last few years. And um, so illness, the rates of illness, and the, numbers of, the number of... Um, of strange viruses that are showing up, and just um, you know, strange illnesses showing up in different places around the world, and just so many, and 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 the and again related to climate, the the fires and the storms and the floods and and um, hurricanes and droughts and, and all of this. There's just so much suffering in the world. And, and, and coming back to, to intentions. Very important in setting an attention to be realistic, to be reasonable. What's possible? What's possible for me? Being, being selective is, is very important. And again, important, important again to, to ask this question when I when I see all this all this suffering in so many different areas, so many different aspects, so many different locations in the world, inner, outer, um, it's 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 very easy to feel overwhelmed. It's very easy to just say can't deal with that. What can I possibly do that's going to make any difference at all? 
And again, it raises the question, okay, that's the situation. How do I want to meet it? Do I want to meet it from that position of, of, of fear, of um, despair, hopelessness, of giving up? Or do I want to step up with the, the, the Buddha's teachings of kindness and compassion? Compassion is an action. Very important to consider as we as we come to the end of this this year of upheaval and enter into a new year from a place of, of stillness and silence. From a place where we have the the conditions that support us in 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 allowing for and recognizing and and having the revelation of wisdom. You know, the wisdom of our, of our interconnectedness. The wisdom of, of how we each affect each other and how we each affect the entire world. And just, just, to, just to know that from a, from a, a not, not from up here, not from up here, but from here. To know it from from to know it internally, so it permeates our being. To know that is to know that we must take action. And again, we take action, we set an intention, and we take the action, and we, we, we act knowing that, knowing that, yes, we're going to fall over the edge of that board. <laughs> it's a slippery slope. <laughs> we're going to go over the edge. We're going to lose our way. We're going to get lost. But we know that we can begin again. In each moment, we can begin again. That's really what the practice is, isn't it? You know, the walking meditation, as I mentioned this morning, it's about one step at a time. And the breathing, one in-breath at a time, one out-breath at a time. And the transitions. Transitions are... <laughs> It's, we, 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 trans, boy, I could go on and on about transitions. Transitions are very interesting also. We think of transition as, as being the time in between these two points. But in a way, each point is also a transition. So we're, we're, we're constantly in transition. Transitions are happening in every moment. You know, the transition from old year to new year is actually happening from every moment. Old moment to new moment is a transition. So in the same way, I can ask the question, okay, how do I want to face this coming year? How do I want to manifest myself in this coming year? I can bring it down to this moment. How do I want to manifest in the next moment? This is really what karma is about. 
and 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 the the, the Buddha says that the the most important component of karma is intention. What's the intention in our speech, in our actions, in our livelihood, in our thoughts, in taking a step, one step at a time? What's the intention? In sitting down on the cushion, what's the intention? So hopefully, perhaps this evening, through the day tomorrow, leading up, leading up to New Year, perhaps we can allow some of, some of these ideas, some of these thoughts, some of these suggestions um, to kind of percolate. And perhaps some of our own thoughts and our own, each of you, hopefully, are giving some attention to the, 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 this, this transition that's about to happen and the transition that's happening right now. And, and not trying to figure it all out. Not trying to get the answer. But allowing for the possibility of, of something to arise within the stillness, this wonderful stillness and silence, this wonderful gift that we're all giving ourselves and each other through these few days together. And as the new year comes about, perhaps we can, perhaps we'll begin to have some sense of, of how all of this can manifest. So let's Turn to the silence and the stillness and sit together for a few minutes. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.